Late in the afternoon, a former Russian intelligence officer goes to have tea in a London hotel. He's meeting two old colleagues who have flown in from Moscow. Not long afterwards, he becomes ill and is rushed to the hospital. While there, he vomits uncontrollably. He suffers excruciating cramps and loses body strength, the result of a mysterious poison that had invaded his body and which baffles the doctors. Less than three weeks later, the former Russian agent is dead, the victim of a political assassination that the British government concludes was likely ordered by the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. This may sound like the story of Sergei Skripal, the ex-Russia spy who, as we speak, is in critical condition in a hospital along with his daughter. After what the British government believes was an attempted assassination, a poisoning by a military-grade nerve agent that was authorized by Putin himself. But it's actually about an event that took place nearly 12 years earlier, the murder of Alexander Litvinenko. Litvinenko was a defector and a whistleblower who fled Russia and took up residence in London, dedicating himself to exposing what he believed was the corruption and brutality of Putin's regime. What really happened to Litvinenko and why? What did the British government and the U.S. government do about it or not do about it at the time? And what does this tell us about what needs to be done now in the wake of another assassination attempt by the Kremlin? We'll explore those questions with somebody uniquely positioned to answer them, Marina Litvinenko, the widow of Alexander Litvinenko, on today's Buried Treasure. I'm Michael Isikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. So, Dan, the parallels between the case unfolding in the UK right now uh, and what happened 12 years earlier are pretty striking. Um, Skripal was a former Russian spy. Litvinenko was a former Russian intelligence officer. Both are poisoned, both by rare substances that could be traced back to the Kremlin. Uh, uh, Skripal was the victim of poisoning by a military-grade nerve agent. Um, Litvinenko, the victim of polonium-210, a highly radioactive substance almost exclusively under the control of Russia's nuclear agency. Um, A lot of people are asking, um, what was done after the Litvinenko murder and what should be done now? Well, there were a lot of questions and criticisms at the time of the Litvinenko murder that not enough was done, that the British... Uh, were actually fairly feckless in their response. And there'll be questions about um, how aggressively they've responded to Skripal. But look, to me, the the main parallel here is, you know, the Skripal uh, murder attempt also has all of the hallmarks of Putin's Russia. And let's remember that Putin uh, was a KGB agent himself, um, and that uh, there is plenty of reason to believe that he believes that this kind of activity including assassinations, um, uh, you know, that this is just a part of his statecraft um, and that he's feeling um, that he can do these things with impunity. He's feeling emboldened. He uh, meddled in in America's election in 2016, broke all the rules there, and basically got away with it. There was no strong pushback under President Obama, and there has been 
until just this week, no pushback at all under President Trump. Now, President Trump uh, has, his administration has announced uh, sanctions uh, against uh, Russia for the election meddling, although these seem to have been required by the congressional legislation he reluctantly signed. And um, clearly, he has been extremely uh, reluctant to say anything critical of Putin. Well, yeah. He, and, he, in fact, it wasn't until uh, la- uh, late this week uh, that he eventually did say something about Skripal, that it was looked like it was the Russians, and we'll be talking more uh, to the British government about this. But, but he, he just didn't want to talk about Putin. He didn't want to criticize him. It just goes back to that reluctance that we've <laughs> talked about for so long. Uh, well, it goes back to this bromance between Trump and, uh, and Putin uh, that one can date back to the uh, Miss Universe pageant in Moscow in 2013 when Trump went there to do a business deal. Um, but look, these are chilling stories. Um, uh, we're talking about, in the one case, Litvinenko, the assassination of uh, a dissident uh, who was a British citizen on British soil. And uh, in this case, Kripal, uh, the attempted murder of a former spy who was released in a spy swap. Never before has somebody released in a spy swap been retaliated against. Yeah, um, no, no question. That, like that, that is crossing right. a, a red line. Yeah. Um, and... Um, you know, the, the, everything suggests that uh, we are going to be dealing um, with this uh, for quite some time. And I uh, recently read that uh, there are more Russian spies uh, in, uh, in London um, right now, in Britain right now, than there were at the height of the Cold War. Um, you know, the Brits have given asylum to huge numbers of, of Russian emigres. Um, uh, and there are also a lot of Putin's friends um, in uh, uh, critics and friends in London, and they're kind of a spy versus spy thing going on there. Um, the the Russians have taken advantage of uh, real estate laws um, and right. uh, opaque banking, and uh, you know Putin clearly has shown a willingness to reach all the way out and do what is essentially, um, if it was Putin, an extrajudicial killing, and some will even consider it an act of war. Well, we've got somebody uh, uh, as our guest today who is um, uh, uniquely positioned to talk about all of this, and uh, it's Marina Litvinenko, uh, the widow of Alexander Litvinenko, who I met uh, in London last November uh, while attending a conference. Uh, I was on a panel about Putin's regime. But before uh, we go to her, I just want to read Um, Talk about chilling that um, uh, uh, really remarkable je accuse statement that Litvinenko signed just before his death. Uh, And these are, 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 are quite powerful words. You have shown yourself, this is Litvinenko signing a statement addressed to Vladimir Putin. You have shown yourself to be as barbaric and ruthless as your most hostile critics have claimed. You may succeed in silencing one man, but the howl of protest from around the world will reverberate, Mr. Putin, in your ears for the rest of your life. May God forgive you for what you have done, not only to me, but to beloved Russia. Let's go now to Marina Litvinenko. So, Marina Litvinenko, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, 
this must be like reliving some kind of nightmare for you, the, the uh, poisoning of Skripal. What was your first reaction when you heard about what happened to him? My first reaction was, uh, it's a very, very horrible. We need to go through this again. And I received this news from my lawyer. She called me to ask and asking, Marina, do you know what did happen? I even didn't realize she's talking about something similar to happen to me. And when I saw our first pictures on website, it was really, really deja vu. It was exactly the same people I saw in front of my house, too. But one news by another one, I realized is not radioactivity. It's something different. And again, I started to know more and more people who was these people uh, that was attempting of assassination. Right. When, when you say it was the same people you saw in front of your house, what do you mean? I mean, people wearing is uh, protecting suits. Ah, right. Yes. You know, it was almost almost the same what I, I, I saw in front of my house. And it was exactly uh, what I saw first in a website. Right. It was in use. That you saw after Alexander's uh, uh, poisoning in um, in in 2006. Yes, but only difference. Uh, Sergei Skripal uh, received and his daughter Julia received investigation immediately, and involvement of Scotland Yard, a very special uh, security service, was all involved from very early stage of mm-hmm. this. Us, it was actually not the same. We were waiting for more than two weeks before police started to investigate this case. And uh, to understand what was the material to kill Sasha at the end, it was only after his death Sasha died and polonium was discovered. I hope Julia and Sergei will survive. We're still not sure how it will be easy for them, but at least help Right. Was, was immediately right. uh, and, to that. And just to be clear, uh, Sasha was your name for Alexander, your late husband. I would say, or, yes, because Sasha is more, yes, it's a more family name. Yes, got it's it. more, Alexander is too official. So I got it. You have no doubt in your mind that uh, your husband's murder was ordered by Putin, correct? Well, of course, but we should prove it. Right. Front of society, front of uh, people. And when I would like to say it's a very important point. When police started this investigation, they've never been politically motivated. You can't say all was against Russia. It was not. It was a criminal case. Mm-hmm. Police investigated. They discovered Polonia. They discovered all places was contaminated in uh, London. Right. They found all trace of Polonia from London to Russia, from uh, Russia to London, they found trace of Polonia in Germany, and everything, it was right. just proof. Here's my question. Why do you believe Putin ordered the murder of your husband? During public inquiry, it was a few aversions. Why? But I have my own opinion. Sasha did a very serious investigation against people as a very close to Putin. And before he was killed, he said, it's a very important to understand, this country has morality, 
only and policy, it's a money. If anything you might made against of this, you would be killed. And Sasha's cooperation with security service, and particularly against organized crime in Spain, could cost him this. Uh, Marina, I want to go to uh, Theresa May's role in this, because, of course, she's now uh, the, the prime minister, uh, and uh, she has taken some actions uh, against Russia for this uh, attempted assassination of Sergei Kripal and his daughter. And so what is your uh, reaction to what the British government has done in the wake of the attempted assassination of Sergei Kripal? Because they expelled 23 uh, Russian spies. They've uh, limited contact between Moscow and London. The British royals are not going to be attending uh, the World Cup games in Russia. Uh, is that a, a, a big improvement, um, or do you think that's still not a strong, strong enough action? And what, and what do you think uh, Britain should do? No, it's, it's a little bit early to say right now, because what Theresa said yesterday, it was good. And she mentioned it not only, and she said they're going to do more steps. It would be very right things to wait, I don't think very long, not for 10 years I was waiting for, but what I ask for now, it would be absolutely right if UK will join the same law what had, has United States and other countries in Europe, Magnitsky law. Because if you started to punish these people who are in the list of Magnitsky for financial crime, for crime against human, you will make some kind of very right things. So you're talking about Russians who are living in the United Kingdom now, who are close to Putin, and you believe should be the targets of a Magnitsky law in the UK? Which, by the Absolutely. way, we should explain, is a, yeah. a law that would, would impose sanctions. Right. Freeze yes, the assets of uh, I individuals living in, Russians living in, in the UK. Accused of corruption. Right. You're absolutely right. I think it would be uh, very right for UK to take more serious steps to understand what money they are accepting. Because it's still very easy to make a laundry of money in UK. Marina, what does the Skripal case tell us about Putin and the nature of his regime at this point. He's about to be reelected uh, uh, for another term as president. Um, a lot of people are baffled as to why he would have done this now. Uh, Skripal had been living in the UK since 2010. He'd been living quietly. Unlike Sasha, your late husband, he hadn't been an outspoken critic of Putin. Uh, he hadn't been out there in his face trying to call attention to the uh, brutality of Putin's uh, regime. Why would he be going after him now? No, first of all, you can, you can already congratulate Putin to be a new president of Russia, because nobody believes it might be anybody else. Even it still happened only on Sunday, but we'd say it's a new old president of Russia, because it's not real election. They have no election for last 18 years in Russia. Right. And when you try to talk about this situation from point of logic, it's not logic. After what happened with my husband, after what happened to Ukraine, after what happened now to Sergei Skripal and his daughter, you have to understand, is there not rules for these people? I understand that part, but I'm still baffled as to 
what would have motivated uh, such an act at this time. It still was an extraordinary move by the Russian intelligence services uh, um, to carry off an attempted murder on British soil, uh, especially since it's against somebody who wasn't posing any sort of imminent threat to the regime. So how do you explain it in your own mind? From my mind, I'll give you two, two points. First of all, recently, a few months ago, a director of FSB, Bortnikov, gave interview to a newspaper in Russia called Commerçant. It was actually an extraordinary moment because this guy never gave any interview. And he said, FSB, KGB, Vechika, everything that happened in this period of time when it was Soviet Union, it's all right. It was not repression. People have been killed for some reasons. For these people, it doesn't matter when and how to kill people, because it's the same story. You can't describe Russia as something different compared to Soviet Union and the Soviet Russia. And another, in another point, if you will see what Mr. Putin said in 2010, when Sergei Skripal was sent to UK, he was very angry. He was not a president of Russia at that time. He was a prime minister, but his comment was a very aggressive. He said, Everybody who betrayed a country, they need to be killed. Was it message for future? Right. Uh, Marina, um, I'd like to ask you about our president, Donald Trump, because he has been very reluctant to criticize uh, 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 Putin. And in fact, it wasn't until the end of this week uh, that he acknowledged that uh, Russia uh, may have or was likely uh, behind the attempted assassination of uh, Sergei Skripal. What's your reaction to, uh, to, to, to the American president um, and how, how he has dealt with Putin and with this whole situation? No, I have my actual personal feeling, and I'll tell you why. When uh, Donald Trump was elected first, and then it was after inauguration. I saw his two interviews, and a presenter asked him about Litvinenko case, what he is going to do with Putin after Litvinenko investigation. And you know, Trump said, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. It was doing by Putin and by Russia. I don't believe it happened. And of course, for me, it was quite obvious this, your president. He just doesn't like to take it then. And now when it's happened again, and now, of course, he needs to accept it. He's a, a president of Russia, Putin, just committed this crime. I hope he understand, and I hope he will understand when we're saying it was a provided investigation of the death of my husband in UK, and Donald Trump has accepted this, I hope. The other question I have is, uh, how concerned are you for other Russians uh, living in in London or other parts of the UK who could be targets of Putin? Uh, and and can the British government uh, protect them? And what about yourself? Are you concerned at all about your own safety? No, of course, I have no bodyguard. I have not uh, money for this, and I don't think I need it. I have a very good connection to Scotland Yard. And if I feel something or I, I need to ask or 
I'm looking for help, I know I can call them. And it was every time very good relationship, and I believe they did extraordinary job. And because they have this experience, they will do exactly the same for Sergei Skripal and his daughter. Uh, level of security, everybody have their own. Somebody paranoid more, somebody paranoid less. But what happened to Sergei Skripal, it definitely doesn't help. It doesn't help for people to feel more safe here. Let me uh, take you back to uh, uh, the question Dan posed earlier about the response, the British response to the murder of your husband. Uh, there were uh, a few diplomats who I think were expelled at the time, Russian diplomats. But basically, it was business as usual. No new sanctions were imposed. Uh, nothing was done that might have disrupted the uh, uh, uh relationship between Great Britain and uh, and the Russian government. Do you believe that the failure to respond more aggressively to what happened to your husband um, basically gave a green light for um, the Russian government to continue doing what it wanted to do and take the kind of action they did in trying to poison um, Mr. Skripal? Yeah, I agree with you. Maybe not aggressively, but maybe more strong and uh, and a very specific. Because if it would be, if it happened, I I'm sure it would be not easy to provide this similar crime again. But because it did not happen, and people who committed this crime, they just knew how this reaction would be, and they would say, okay, and what. Because it's not any personal sanctions, it's not any personal uh, things, it's just only uh, just general something. Right. In this case, I believe UK government should produce a more serious reaction than only expelled diplomats from the country. And just to be clear, that serious reaction would constitute what? What I said already, it needs to be more... Uh, financial punishment for uh, closed circle of Mr. Putin with uh, closing or frozen assets, sending out from UK uh, and not allowed these people and uh, members of family too. Marina, did you ever hear from uh, Theresa May after uh, your husband uh, was killed? Did you have any contact with her? And I've met Theresa May straight after public inquiry verdict was released. And we had, a, I would say, good meeting. After that, I received a letter, uh, 8 of March 2016. And it was absolutely a deja vu when she uh, said about what happened uh, with Sergei Skripal. I read exactly the same and the same letter. And I was a little bit... Um, how to say, angry. I heard this word already, and nothing happened. Even you promise this crime never ever will happen again, but it's happened. You need to take this and try very hard to do for what you said. So when she wrote you the letter, she said she will make sure that she, she, she that this never should never happen again. And then it happened yes. again. That's what you're saying. It means she failed after she did say in her letter, and it did happen again. It means you missed something. You did not do enough 
to protect your country against this crime. Marina, do you still have a copy of that letter? Yes, I do. Can you share that with us? It's not with me now. Okay. Marina Litvinenko, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, We really appreciate it and uh, hope to talk to you again. I'm very pleased for people who accommodate me here. Thank you very much. After we recorded the podcast, Marina Litvinenko sent us a copy of the letter she'd received from then Home Secretary Theresa May. It's dated March 8, 2016, and it reads like this. Dear Marina, at our meeting on 28 January, I express my personal condolences for your and your family's loss, and I repeat that sentiment now. We also discussed Sir Robert's independent inquiry report into your husband's death in 2006 and its implications. We have also made clear to Russia our profound concerns in relation to the inquiry's finding of probable Russian state involvement, and specifically the role of the FSB in your husband's death. This has been done at ministerial and senior diplomatic levels, and, I can assure you, will be done repeatedly and directly. Whilst we have to have some form of relationship with Russia, it is guarded and heavily conditioned. As the Prime Minister put it, we do it with clear eyes and a very cold heart. I and this government am clear that we must continue to pursue justice for your husband's killing and that we will take every step to protect the UK and its people from such a crime ever being repeated. Yours sincerely, the Right Honorable Theresa May. Today, of course, Theresa May is Britain's Prime Minister, but those words may ring a bit hollow in the wake of Russia's assassination attempt on Sergei Skripal. Thanks for listening to this week's Buried Treasure. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also, tell us what you think about Skullduggery. Leave us a review. See you next week. (laughs) 